Hey, everybody. I'm MJ Porches. And I'm John Lily White. And this is Real Estate Unboxed. Uh, yeah, I love it how we always say woohoo. I, <laughs> I love what we do. And it's, it's awesome because we love to unbox topics that are scenarios and circumstances and real life things that we go through that we maybe question that we, um, you know, maybe have a strong opinion about, um, we don't say anything because you you know, you're not supposed to say anything. It's not politically correct. It's not, you know, all this stuff, but we're thinking it and we want to say it. And without being unethical and being uncivil, we're unboxing these topics, hoping that we can relate uh, with you and that you can find yourself in a place where you can either blend in or you can also go, hey, that's me or wow, that's really helping my personal development because this is about, you know, personal development. It's not necessarily business development, but I think it will help anyone in the value chain better their business relationships and how they work with each other, how you can respect other people's perspectives and just look at a different point of view. Yep. Yeah, you know, and I think that most of the things that we've we've brought up because they are unboxable are the ones that have some kind of a, for lack of a better word, a charge to them. It could be an yeah. emotional charge. It could be a dis a disagreement uh, or how how we do things or how we feel about something. Those are the things we like to unbox. And today, what it is that we're unboxing is something that does have a little bit of a debate behind it, a little bit of a charge behind it, right? And that is. Okay the whole concept of cross qualifications that, that uh, lenders do as a result of the people ah. they serve at that point, which is generally the listing agent in a situation. Now. Oh, in, so, so let me, let me just, let me pose it. So we get to, sure. the, to the unboxable topic, the unboxable topic sounds like, right. Why are you making me cross qual? Why are you making me cross qual? Yes. What is the whole situation there? Absolutely, MJ. 100%. Why? Why? I, I think I'm going to ask the first question um, to you, John, as a mortgage professional, in the sense of where did this even come about as a need? Good question. I'm going to answer all these questions as somebody that has lending experience, but I, I but. I'm not coming at it from a promotional perspective. I'm coming at it so that I can help anyone that listens, including the lenders. And in fact, more, in fact, the lenders than anybody else, because I want everyone else to understand. Uh, so where did, where did it come about? I think it's been a growing requirement over maybe the last decade, MJ. Um, and even today, just, just last year, apparently there was, it was a mortgage, it was, it was a lending website back in December last year, and I will find it and I'll post it, that 58% of the pre-approval letters that were given to, to listing agents weren't pre-approval letters. They weren't even cross-qualified. They weren't even pre-qualification letters. What? Yeah, what? 58%, 58%, more than half. More MJ. than half of the letters that a seller's agent is receiving. From this a mortgage was in December company. of 2021. Yeah, that's almost like yesterday. Absolutely. Or not even real approvals, right? So, not even so real it, approvals. It sounds like the, the cliche of 
the writing on the paper is really worthless. Yeah, it's worthless. And, you know, even worse than that is that 47%, slightly less, but still disgusting, were the DUs that were received were crappy DUs, meaning that it's it's crap in, crap out, right? I can put anything I want in a field in order to- Garbage in, garbage out, yeah. So unless you have the rest of the documentation, which generally speaking, lenders don't provide, they give, like you'd said, MJ, you get the application, you get the FICO scores and you get the um, uh, the DU. And the, de- the DU, by the way, is the desktop approval. It comes from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which is uh, the LP, the, the, uh, that the loan prospector, that is supposed to provide the listing agent and the seller with some level of, of uh, confidence yeah, that confidence. the buyer is, is approved for this loan. And so that's, that's what I'd found that you've got more than half or half Wow. Of those I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked and then I'm not shocked, but it's, it's a, it's a really disappointing shock. It is. It is. But, you know, I think that de- depending on the cycle that we're in, you have where there might not be a lot of, of loans that are going out there and you will have a, a lender that will provide one simply so that they can get their quote unquote foot in the door. All yeah. right. I'll see what I can do to get this person qualified later on. Let's just see if they can get their offer accepted and then we'll deal with it later on. That principle, MJ, hurts everybody in the value chain. Oh, I don't even like hearing that. I don't I even know. like hearing that. That that takes me down another path in my mind yes. uh, regarding offers, by the way. I won't bring that up, but it does. It, it's about an offer that you write that's just frivolous, if you will. Yeah. It's a frivolous offer and you're lying to the seller causing them to do what? Take your offer when it's not real, just so that you, you're you in. You're just, you're in. You're in. And now, now I've, I've trapped you, if you will. And that is exactly why. That mm-hmm. is why listing agents, because they're tired of being put in a situation where lost time, lost money, lost credibility, because now you've got this offer that went to seller only to find out that that person is not qualified. And now they have to close escrow. They, they've got to cancel escrow and start again, which is why good agents like UMJ say, you know what? I don't care. I am getting a cross qualification. I'm going to have one of my lenders that I know, love and trust that I've done for use for a long time. Just simply take a look at the information. Okay. So really this, the seller's age, it's based on the bad experience that seller's agents have had. And it it, it has been created by people who have frivolously written these pre-approvals that are truly no good. Right, John? They're just not, they're not, um, they're not valid, if you will. They're not truly justifiable. This is true. But I think before I let you continue, you do bring up an interesting word and that is frivolous. Sometimes, and and I will give it to, to a lender out there every once in a while who is not intentionally frivolous. They either don't know something, the lender or the buyer did something, they didn't get all the information. I mean, let's be clear about something. A pre-approval is not an underwriting approval. That's what you would really like. That's the, If you were to not get a cross-qualification, MJ, you would want to make sure that that person was actually approved by underwriting. But right. that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen most of the time where you have an underwriter take a look at something and you get all that information. So that there is a level of risk that goes into it, whether or not there's frivolity in there or not is, is certainly a questionable. Uh, and I don't believe that, mo- that, that all of them are frivolous. 
Certainly there is a lot of frivolity that goes on there, but the point is that there, there's just overall lack of, 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 of watching the details. But the end result is the same, right? And right, that is right. you now have a credibility problem with your buyer, which makes you put your hand up and say, wait, don't go anywhere yet. Okay, yeah. So why, okay, so now we understand, you know, what brought this about. I don't know how long ago CrossQual started. I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go and research. Was this, you know, 20 years ago that this has really become more of a trend? Would you have any thoughts on when it became a little more trendy? Where, uh, where I do. I do. It's a good question, too. I would say that it was probably about a decade ago. Um, you know okay. what? I think that a great way to say it is in the late uh, 2000, 2008, 9, and 10, where everybody could okay, go out sure. there and they could get anything that they want. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Breathe on fog on a mirror and you had right. a loan. Yeah. So at that point, there was no such thing as the, the, the cross qualifications, because at that point, there wasn't any reason to, because if you think about it, anybody could get a loan regardless of it. However, when things started to crash and burn on the other side of that housing market collapse is when lenders started saying, because this is when Dodd-Frank started to impose their rules, the CFPB started to impose, the, impose theirs, is when the listing agent said, we are also going to participate. And this is where we're going to ask lenders to be responsible and give us go. more information than just a fogged mirror. There you go. So, yeah. so I would say about 10 years ago is a safe bet. So, okay. So would you also say, thank you for that, because that kind of brings the, the context and the perspective, the, the timing. I'm not going to say that it probably didn't happen in years before, because you and I have both been in this business for over 30 years. Right. But the trending started. And then at that time, in your perspective, I can give my side, but I want to hear your side. Was it frowned upon? Was there pushback? Was there like, heck no, from the buyer's agent, you know, what, because it was starting to trend, even though it had been happening maybe sure. years ago. Was this frowned upon? What was going on? What was happening? How were you getting the response from the buyer's agent and the buyer? Well, MJ, I'll, that's, it's, it's a delightful question to answer in this one because it's really <laughs> not delightful okay. so much. And, and the reason is because there's, even today, there's no real rules. There's no guidelines to what a cross-qualification is all about. Oh, right? oh crazy. You've got one lender that's talking to another lender and then the lender will say something like, hey, um, uh, you know, I, I need to cross-qual and the other lender will say, well, what is it that you want? Well, at that point, it's like, I need the, the application, I need the FICOs, I need the DU, I need the income, the W-2s, the 1040s. I mean, where do you stop? Okay. And, and a real pre-approval, a real one that I do has all that stuff because here's, here's my take on it. If I'm going to, to give you a thumbs up, let's assume MJ that I'm your lender and you've asked me to call upon me to do a cross qualification of someone else. Okay. I'm simply not going to take the DU and I'm not going to take the application and I'm not going to say, okay, I have it. There you go. Because like we said, crap in crap out. So I'm going to get everything, but there's no set guidelines or rules about how to do this, how to do it legally. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I, you made me, my antenna went up. I wrote down, okay, so if there's no, if there are no guidelines and it's, it's supposedly supposed to be lender to lender conversation, right? It's not right. D d divulging over all this, the buyers just 
giving them over to this new lender. It's, it's supposed to be lender to lender. Okay, that at least is one guideline, right? if you will, uh, an understood guideline, right? Professional etiquette. Correct. But what about privacy? And what about CFPB? That's the biggest one that I think that people don't seem to understand, appreciate, and realize the liability that a cross-qualification lender could potentially find themselves in. Ah. And not only that, but the, the, the buyer's lender as well. You see, the buyer's lender gets in touch with me. As a John, I understand that I'm supposed to do a cross-call. And I say, okay, I need to get their FICO scores. I need to get the application, which has the credit score, by the way. And I mean, that has the social security number and has all kinds of personally identifiable information that I, generally speaking, am not entitled to because I am not the lender for the buyer. So if the agent, I mean, if the, the lender representing the buyer sends that stuff to me, they're breaking the law and not in compliance to them because now they have disposed this personally identifiable information unless, unless, which is fine, Unless the lender goes to their buyer and says, listen, we have to do a cross-qualification. His name is John. We can do one of two ways. I can have him call you, or you can allow me to send the information wow. to what he needs. And this is what's called the borrower signature authorization. There you okay? go. This is where we get personally identifiable information. And this is where the buyer will then say, I authorize you, the, the lender to provide certain information that will allow me to be cross-qualified. MJ, do you know how many lenders who represent buyers simply send all that personally identifiable information without? Oh my oh God. God, you're freaking me out right now because that, that that's, I mean, what about identity theft? I mean, I want to know if that's happening. You know, Back in the day when you were talking about the trend being starting out in, you know, 2008 and 2000, uh -huh. you know, um, I was doing short sales, lots of short sales, and there were third party authorization forms that needed to be signed, right? I needed to get permission just to be able to speak to the bank on behalf of my client. And yep. back in the 90s, when I did it, man, we made a lot of money in the 90s over that. And wow, it was crazy nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, 96, I remember it was nuts. That's all he did is short sales. But anyway, <laughs> it happened again. The third party authorization was not as big of a deal, but it was, they would, they would just automatically accept like a, an email format or whatever. Then it got to be right. the, the right. higher, you know, verbiage, the, the, the more and more intense verbiage. So a third party authorization is different than a borrower authorization, but it's still authorization. It needs to be granted. It does need to be granted. It needs to be signed. And on this authorization, it says that we are going to provide your information to other third-party services that are going to have access to your personally identifiable information. Most of the time, MJ, the lender, when explaining that to the borrower, will say things like, well, there's escrow that needs to know it. There is, um, we're going to pull your credit. So there's the, uh, the, the bureaus that need to get this information. Um, and, and there's, there's certain parties that are going to get this, but never in there does a lender then say, oh, and I'm going to give your information to another lender. Why not? Um, well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's because, this, the, because there's no process or policy or, or the, the, the requirement for a cross qualification. So it simply doesn't come up. But 
because it's been trending since 2007, eight, and we see that so often on all of these listings as a buyer's agent, they will literally put on there, uh, please be prepared to cross qualify. So they've already given you yes. the, the, the prompting that this is going to be your request. The seller is going to request it because the seller's agent is advising their seller that we think it's a wise, wise idea, just so we make sure I have a lender that's willing to do it. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean we're not stealing clients. Hey, this takes me down a, 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 a rabbit hole I won't go too deep on, but with real estate owned properties, the REO companies in that same timeline were saying, we need to, you, you, your borrower to check in with our bank. If it was a BSA, Absolutely. if it was a countrywide, it was a whatever. And you you couldn't you couldn't even get your offer looked at without it being done. And there was no guideline that said, but then Dodd-Frank came in and CFPB and all these other rules where that kind of started to pull away. So I'm trying not to go down that rabbit hole. But in either case, yep. um, yeah, you you go ahead. Yep. Explain. I hear the puppy in there. Hi, puppy doggy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um and I think that you bring up a really interesting point, and I don't think that we've got enough time to talk about this, but I think another unboxable topic is new developers. New developers have in-house lenders that in and of themselves, you must use that in-house lender. Now, the in-house lender, I mean, if the buyer wants to use somebody else, aside from the fact that there's perks for using the in-house lender, the in-house lender will absolutely get you approved before talking to another buyer. And I think that that, I think it happens. There's another piece of information that I wanted to bring up and it kind of is in a similar road that you were talking about. And that is how many, how many listing agents um, actually put on the MLS that there will be a cross qual required and John Lillywhite or your lender is going to be on that. And it's on the MLS, right? Cross qual with John and here's his information. You can put all Absolutely. that stuff on there. Back, one of the pieces of information as I was doing more of the research here, from February of last year, February 2021, only 33%, one out of three MLS listings. And this is, in a, this is still in the crazy seller's market, required cross calls. So, it, so it's decreased? No, no, there, there's Wait. a big difference. The, oh, okay. the, the one out of three is where the, the listing agent said there will be a cross call. Oh, there, there will be. Okay. Yeah, okay. there will be. Yeah. And, and that's where, sorry, my dog was barking. They're, they're gone now. She's gone now. But uh, when I was going down that path of, you know, where REOs and where you had to ask for it, and I wanted right. to get back to what I was saying was we should be advising our buyers and that lender, whether it's our lender or lender of their choice, sure. right? That this is probably going to be requested of. So you need to be ready for that information to be asked of, to be shared with someone else. 100% all the it, time. I mean, it, it needs to be the advice that we're giving them. If you're a buyer's agent, you should already be doing it. And You would think that this, MJ, would happen all the time. I completely agree with you. Why a lender would not go to their buyers and say, by the way, in this process, while it might not happen, I'm just letting you know that another lender may be required to cross-qualify you. And then just leave it at that. It's not that I'm going to double up on the documentation or, or anything, nor is it increase the risk if it's done right. 
but but you talked about liability earlier. And I mean, there is a liability of certain information now being passed along. Now someone else has it that I don't know. And if a borrower doesn't want that, then they need to say, if it's going to be cross call, then I'm out. But then that may take them out of the opportunity of a property, right? So That's, it's such a catch-22. It totally is. But they do need to be ready and they need to be informed that this is going to happen. Their information is out there. Now, I want to touch the the, the 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 tough stuff, okay? How about people that steal clients, okay? I'm not going to say it hasn't happened because I've seen it happen. I've watched it happen. I've, I've watched uncool things happen, when there's been cross calls and that's what keeps buyers agents literally just you know it is they frown upon it they push back they get adversarial about it no i'm not going to do it and you know lenders have given themselves a bad rap some of them um you know even goes down another unboxable topic when somebody says i really don't like somebody and i want you to refer me to someone else because what if John, this has happened to me and it's happened to a lot of my own people that have worked on my team and under me and so forth, where they go, you know what? Um, let's just say I, 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 I asked John to be the lender for Mr. and Mrs. You know, Johnson and um, they had to cross qualify with you know, Duke Brown or whoever it is and they like him better. Yeah. This is why I, and I'm or not, Duke I'm Brown stole him or Duke him. Brown stole him, you know, that that too. Well, you know, that's I, I've been in this situation, too. First of all, and, and uh, on the side where someone liked me more because I'm highly likable and, you know, I'm authentic and I'm out there and this kind of thing. So but I think that lenders in general, like you said, MJ, you said it perfectly. Uh, lenders need to be they need to be fair. They need to be for pe- professional. They should not be out there to steal business. I can tell you that in the situation that has happened to me, it says, hey, do we need to use Joe Schmo? Because we really like you uh, and we'd like to use you. I'll say, no, you can't. You, first of all, you have that conversation with your other lender. You do not expect that I'm just going to pick it up and then you don't call your lender back. There you go. See, buyers and sellers always have the right to pick whoever it is that they want. Obviously, if you're on a contract, there's a little bit of pressure there. But the fact of the matter is, if you go wherever you want, but just do it fairly and kindly, ethically and civilly. Okay. And, and that's where I think that lenders, sadly, I got to agree with you, are not necessarily the fairest people. And I think that they feel that business is always going to be taken from them. When for the most part, MJ, I would say most of them are like me. Says I don't want the business that way. If it comes to me because I do my job right and I'm fun and people like me, well, then that's different. Yeah. But then fire someone else before you come back to me first. And that's not the intention. So let, let but let's talk about two different things here. Okay. So is there a risk? I mean, are we really, is there a risk that's truly being posed by a cross qual? And if so, let's look at both, both sides. Let's look, the, look at the good and the evil. Okay. Uh, the, well, I, you, you've mentioned one of them, and that is the exposure of personally identifiable information as a risk. Risk number one. The other one is that if you're a good lender, then you are fielding the, the dialogue from the cross-call lender. A cross-call lender should never really, unless there's something creepy that's going on, that cross-call lender should never talk to the borrower. They should always go through the lender. Sure. See, I do lender speak. The cross-call lender does lender speak. So if that's the case, 
the risk is minimal there, right? Because you're not even, the buyer has no visibility to this Croxquall lender. You tell me what you want. I'll see if I can get it. I'll talk with my clients. The clients will provide it to me. They'll give me the okay. You'll get the cross-qualification. Everything is fine. All right. But the other risk is this. The cross-qual is shit. The, cross, yeah. the, the pre-qualification is shit. There it is. That's the case. There it is. Then what I've got is a cross-qual that says, oh, you know what, Joe Schmo, I'm sorry, but I just don't see these people as qualifiable. Now we have a problem and it happens. Remember, 58% of the time that pre-approval letter isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Shoot. So that means that over half of those, I would have to say, I'm sorry, Joe Schmo, your buyers don't qualify. That is a risk, but it's a risk that I take investing my time as a cross-call lender so you and your seller don't get stuck in the muck and you go find another buyer. There you go. All right. That's no, the yeah. big risk. Oh, no, that's you. I wrote the biggest risk. The biggest risk is that the truth comes out. Yep. Yep. That's the biggest. That's the biggest risk. Yep. And I mean, I right. did write down that was that was priceless. I love that. I, I did write down the unscrupulous lender. The unscrupulous lender could steal your client, speak ill about that yeah. lender in whatever way they want, which we have unethical people. We do sure. have unscrupulous yeah. people. We do have people that are, you know, rude and, and, um, you know, downright dirty. Okay. You're this, right. this is a dog eat dog business. So there is that risk. I'm not going to say there isn't though. Do we have to prepare our peeps for that? And that, I think that's where a buyer's agent becomes that much more valuable in the chain of what we do for work. This business being a great and amazing buyer's agent has so much more than just opening a door. I completely agree. hundred percent. If you've got an unscrupulous. Well, I, I mean, mean the cross call, John, by the way, I meant that the, the one who was cross calling, trying to steal the client or speak ill, right? Correct. Correct. I, but I, and I think that it really comes down to this, MJ, and we say this on almost every one of our unboxed. One of the answers to it is open, total, authentic communication. It always comes down to that, right? I mean, if you have that with your lender, if you have as a buyer, as a buyer, if I have that with my lender, if I have that with my agent, and then something comes comes up, Maybe I should say it this way. There's no surprises if you communicate everything. Oh. First of all, you know for a fact then that if let's say I, I am representing the buyer and I'm the lender, I can go back to the agent and say, yeah, this person is qualifiable. I'm not lying. Yeah. I'm communicating the truth. But if let's say that I'm one of those unscrupulous ones as we entered into this unbox that, that the prequal isn't true, how does that make the agent look? Oh, oh, no. What? Yeah, the truth comes out about so much. And I'm just saying, you know, in the unscrupulous world, I have lender, you know, lenders will go, oh, what, what rate is he giving you? Especially back in the day, they did used to talk to the borrowers. By right. So, right. So I am bringing that up. There was a time when borrowers were speaking to Bank of America and borrowers were speaking to Downey Savings and Washington Mutual when we had REO accounts. Correct. So yes, were they getting stolen? They were getting stolen by our own partners that we had REOs with. And it was sad, but it was happening. Um, but now you're saying, you know, it's more lender to lender. It is, but that's avoids not, that. That, that, but that's, that's not necessarily, that doesn't stop the, the, the rate competition. For example, this just happened to me the other day. 
I was doing a cross qual. I saw that they were giving 6%. I knew that I could do five and a quarter percent. And it went back to the agent, MJ. I went to the agent representing the buyer. I said, hey, I think there might be something wrong with this, this rate. Can you please go back to your lender and verify it to see? Because I think he's off by a whole bunch. And I don't think that maybe your buyer is being given the best rate. But you see what happened here? I went to the right person. You go to the appropriate person. You don't go to the lender and badmouth the lender. Right. You go to the buyer. I mean, I had all the buyer's information. I could have called the buyer right away and says, oh, sure. the lender's giving sure. you a horrible rate. Sure, you could have. Sure. Right. But you don't do that. We don't do that in this industry that we know and love. You yeah, give I people mean, the, the, the matter, the, 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 the opportunity to answer their own questions and to be the best that they can be. Totally. I, I wrote down, you know, the purpose of the cross wall, right? Right. I'm, I'm hearing in all of our conversation here, which is just, it's just totally valuable. I, you know, sometimes we, we talk about, we're going to talk about the tough stuff and we, and we think it's going to be adversarial and controversial all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily that things are controversial. It's just debatable on your, your opinion, but the purpose of the cross wall is to verify that what's being given to you is true and correct to the best of ability and to avoid surprises. Yep. You know, and, and I, I will also add this to it that, and because this is one of those tough conversations to have, because for the most part, if everybody plays in the playground nicely, then this isn't a tough conversation. Right. right? But every once in a while, something does happen. So um, uh, two weeks ago, I was asked to do a cross call. Um, the offer was accepted. So what's the next thing? You're not going to cross-call everyone. I mean, you got 30 offers there. I can't possibly cross-call that. So wait till the offer is accepted, then do the cross-call, right? And then you have backups until John has a tendency to see there's a yes or no for some of them. And I did one. And the cross-call, I I called the lender and the lender said, no, I am not going to allow you. Well, it was only MLS. You knew it. The lender should, I mean, the agent should have been mentioned. He did. And no, we're not going to offer it. Okay, that's fine. I got off the phone. I called my the, his agent and said, uh, not, he's not allowing me to do the cross call. They went, oh, okay. They didn't get the home. Can you imagine in this day and age, sellers or buyers who have been declined countless times finally gets an offer accepted and the, the lender says, no, I'm not going to allow you to cross. Ouch. Ouch. Think about two people that got upset. You got uh, the agent upset because now the agent is not going to represent the buyer. Now that means the commission is going to go away. And now that agent is going to be doing more work. And then the lender's not going to get paid. And now the buyer isn't going to get the house. Now, the listing agent doesn't care. All right. The listing agent's got a a thousand different offers. No, no. But you just touched on that's the, that's the controversy. That's the controversy. Listen. So now do you have a buyer's agent that's thinking that's discrimination because you're not going to look at my offer? No, it shouldn't be that we don't look at offers. All offers should be looked at and presented. Yes. But is it a condition of the seller because they were advised by their agent, their advisor, their consultant in, in the industry, right? That's saying to avoid surprises, to be able to verify that the, that the, whatever's written on this paper is true and accurate. 
my suggestion is that you request a cross-qualification. So now it becomes a seller's request by advice of their Listen. right their right. agent yes so it's not discrimination in my opinion no 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 not at all so if you don't want to cross qual and your lender is keeping you from giving that information out that doesn't allow them to make a good decision well i wasn't able to get verifiable information i only have the the pre-approval and and we're, we're requesting it from everybody else so all th- all three others gave it to me but you didn't i guess you're out now oh absolutely well and that's i think though i've not seen it MJ, but I, I imagine that in the MLS, a listing agent will say something like this. Now, this verbiage is not unique, but I imagine that it's pretty standard. Prior to full acceptance, offers that are that are that are accepted must be must go through a pre or a cross qualification process prior to acceptance. Something like that. You see yeah, what I'm with Like that? if you get countered. So like if you're going to get a counter, it's because we like your terms enough and what you've given us to have you now go through the second interview. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right? Right. It's but but everybody year. goes through it. The same thing. So it's not prejudicial. You're not counting oh, people out. So everyone would need to go through it. And it says in the MLS, if you get to this phase, you will be required yeah. to do a cross-qualification. Yeah, it's that second interview. It is that, that second phase, if you will. Right? Because... Right. I think if a lender says no, John, it's a red flag. Well, it was a red flag. But yeah. could you imagine, let's say that, that, that the buyers were real. I mean, I won't know. I didn't see. But could you imagine how upset you'd be to find out that you went all this way only to have a cross-qualification stand in your way? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know any of these, what, what has what happened in the background. That's why um, it's super important to, for the buyer's is- agent and the lender to share, are you going to be willing for us to do that? Just what you had said, what, 10 minutes ago. And I, I, I think we keep going back to it. And that is setting levels of expectation. Yeah. It's so important. Communicate what is potentially going to happen, whether or not it does. Right. It, I want to I bring up something before we kind of wrap it up here is that there, there's a certain level of, I, I, I'll call it a bummer, but I don't know that it's a bummer. Maybe it's a different word. I'll let you share. What about the lender who's doing the cross calls? It's a lot of work, okay? Um, but you know, you're doing this and you're not getting any business out of it. You're doing it to, you're working already for a seller. You're supporting a seller and you're supporting and backing up a relationship that you have yes. with the seller's agent. So I understand that from a, a good business point of view and practice, but if we're keeping it real, if you're being asked to do that all day long and you're not able to actually go out and do what you need to do and feed your family and work on people, how does that make you feel as a lender? Cause you, it can keep you from doing what you really need to be doing. Oh boy. MJ. Wow. Sorry. No, that's uh, that's profound. I think that this it gets into resource management and that is you can't have a thousand agents that you want as your best friends and that you will do all your cross calls for anyone that, that fogs a mirror. This is where, first of all, you have to pick your, your agents, the ones that you will take their call at two o'clock in the morning. Okay. I call them my 2 a.m. group. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there, there can never be any more than maybe a dozen. That's probably even too many agents. And to those agents, however many it is lenders that you feel that you want to align with, you align with them and you take care of them. If they give yeah. you a hundred cross calls a day, you do a hundred cross calls a day. 
That's just what you do for these lenders because you're important to me, not only as a professional, but because I've chosen you because you're good. Yeah. You choose me because we're good and we've chosen each other because we work well together. And because of that, I'm proud. I'm honored. But if you can't live up to that, MJ, which is the biggest part, then you, you should not take the responsibility at all. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to get to someone, then that's fine. And yeah, if they call you and you're wanting to finally court them, but you know, you got to be careful because it does take some time. I mean, it, no I matter how you look be, at it, it's 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes sometimes to do it properly. I think I'm speaking from a place of be, what's the word? I, I, be, be cognizant if you are that seller's agent. Because right now we're at a place where we are getting, you know, we're, we're in 2022 in the peak of the best five months of the year. And with low inventory, it is, it's, it's giving oh, us 20 right. plus offers. Yeah. So you need to be cognizant of who that relationship is that you're just not putting them to work and they're not, they're, they're working for free. That's a good point. And if you've got five, 10, you, you really need to be thinking about that um, and maybe spreading it along the other relationships that you have, because in reality, if they're not going to get any business out of it, why are you going to bombard the one relationship that you love so much and keeping them from actually being able to make a living? That's a really good point. I mean, I know for a fact, MJ, that if you were to bombard me, first of all, I'd be proud of it. I'd be wonderful <laughs> to get that. I want to bombard. Wouldn't that be awesome, uh, right? <laughs> but, but also because we understand resource management and that if it takes me too much time, that it impacts you. So I would promise you as well, if it got too much, I'd say, MJ, I'm sorry. I'm already doing five-year cross calls. If you've got somebody else in your queue, can you please give that one to them? I awesome. love you, but- yeah. Bravo to that, because I think that's speaking to any new mortgage professional that's out there that's really trying hard. Um, and there are people that can take advantage of people. You know, exactly. don't be that person. Don't take advantage of somebody who's, you know, trying to get themselves off the ground as well and just say, well, I'll just have him cross call. And if he won't do it, I'll get someone else to do it. Like that, that's not cool. No, no, it's not cool. And I think that really what it comes down to is understand your, your reputation, understand your relationships with the people, understand the value chain, communicate, be honest, just be a good person. And then all of these problems go away. But you know what? Going full circle before we kind of wrap this one up, how many times do we say that in Unboxed? It's, a, it's amazing to me that usually the unboxable topics that are the ones that are the most heated are the ones that somebody did something wrong that created an issue. And as a result, it created some tension that didn't need to be there because somebody didn't talk, wasn't honest. Yeah. Wasn't civil. And, and now we know why do I have to cross wall? Well, I think you got it. We set it all in here. You know what? Avoid avoid the, the, the surprises yep. and verify that what's being given to you is true and correct, that the buyer's agent has vetted out even that lender that perhaps might not even be their own relationship that the buyer chose. Many things can happen. I think we shouldn't push back cross walls, but there are bad things that have happened. People have stolen people. Hey, junk is out there. It's still dog eat dog, but, yep. um, we brought up a lot of good, you brought up some amazing points, John, like just uh, no guidelines. Didn't really think about that. Yeah. The liability, but borrowers need more information and they need advice from us as the, as, the, as the real estate professional before 
they embark on writing offers and then being told at that hour, oh, by the way, we have another third party. And then, okay, so you didn't get that offer. Now we're on offer number three and four and five. How many, how many offers have I written right now? And other people were on offer number 12, offer number 15, and they're going through what? 15 cross quals, John? That's a lot of my information out there with a bunch of people. That you don't know who they are. That I don't know who they are and I don't know where they've taken it. And if my lender that I've chosen to use or you've referred me as agent, right, to the lender is sending over PDFs of my tax returns, how do I know what you're sending? You know, that that needs to be really clear to a borrower right now. I 100%. And we should have brought this up. And I think that maybe uh, I'm going to say it anyways. Anytime that I have to get information, because I've also on the other side, I got a cross-qual person calls me and I have to give the information. I white out any personally identifiable information, including addresses, including social security numbers, including dates of birth, including account numbers, so that there's nothing out there aside from the fact that the number, the, 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 the income, the asset is apparent to someone doing the cross-qual. It takes them one step closer to knowing that there should be a higher level of confidence but it's not underwriting. It mm. just gives me the cross call wow. lender to go to you, the listing agent said, yep, I've seen the numbers. They look good. They look comfortable. And I think that we're ready to go. It's always that I think, but it really comes down to setting level of expectation, making sure that it's always needed. And then from the listing agent side, MJ, I would ask from the agent community that they always ask for one whether or not they actually do it, but they put it in the MLS and that keeps them away from, from favoritism, that keeps them away from any prejudice or, or, your, or you know, selecting for the wrong reason. Always put it in there. And, and, it, and it tells the buyer's agent already that, hey, your ducks better be in a row and Absolutely. you're gonna get called out on anything that wouldn't be done because they're gonna examine the assets and the income of the borrower without doing a, a complete prequal, whatever, right? But it's it's going to examine things at another level, another person's perspective to be able to vet them out and have the lending professional vet it out for you as, yeah, I agree. So perfect. You, you said oh. it perfectly. So great, great job. I'm glad we were Woo. able to get that out. Thank you for letting me unbox this one today. I loved unboxing this topic. So you know what? Hopefully you got some good value out of today. And um We're going to close the box on this one and um, we'll see you on the next Unboxed. Take care, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye.